Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back in to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined as always by Alex Barth from 98.5 Sports Hub. And Alex, we're going to do it again. We're going to talk some DeAndre Hopkins, and then we're we're going to kick it over to you guys in the chat for some Q&A. So if you want to start dropping some questions or some talking points in there now, we'll hit on those later. But we got we to gotta do it. It's, it's the summer of DeAndre Hopkins right now. So uh, Mike Reese had some new information over in his Sunday notes on ESPN.com. With a, with a little update uh, on the whole Hopkins saga. And starting out, he said to this point, the Titans have been more aggressive. And he didn't say if that's a better offer or exactly what that means. That's probably where I would take that, a better contract. But And then he said one reason for Hopkins to wait a bit longer is to leave the possibility of another team entering the mix, which is kind of how we felt about this. The longer he waits... Maybe a contending team frees up some money to throw him a better offer, or maybe a team gets into training camp and a receiver gets hurt or a receiver isn't playing as well, and then another team gets into the mix here. So that was an update from from Mike over the weekend. Yeah, I, it's, it's funny. I've heard a bunch of people interpret that aggressiveness thing a bunch of different ways. How I sort of interpret it is the Titans have been in contact and saying, Hey, what else can we do? What can we do? You know, this and that. And like, maybe it's not offering more money, but just like in contact with him. But I think the, and I interpreted it as the Patriots is kind of, they put their offer on the table and said, this is it. Take it or leave it. Like, this is what we're doing. And they're going to let him make his own decision. And that's kind of how they've operated in the past for better or worse is they'll put that offer on the table and they'll sort of leave it there. But I'm with you. I, Right now, there's no reason for Hopkins to sign before camp because all it takes is one guy pulling a hammy at practice, a contending team freaks out, and suddenly he has more value, and that team maybe will give him some money that they wouldn't give him right now. Now, will that happen? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't want to find out. If I'm the Patriots, I give him a reason to sign right now, and I'm sure there's a number. They might not like it, but I'm sure there's a number, and the reality is it's worth the gamble because there's not much else they're using that money on right now. Even if you want to get into extensions for Kyle Duggar or Josh Uche, those would kick in in 2024. This is probably a one-year deal, and if it's a multi-year deal, you front load it. That could be one way, certainly, to incentivize them to sign. There's no other real premier free agents that are going to help you out there. I've given my thoughts on Dalvin Cook. He's a good player, but he doesn't necessarily make them a better team, not for what he would cost them. I still think they should be aggressive and go get him. Mm. kind of was back to the whole like don't let him leave the building but you know, exactly. we, got, we got to that part so like now just see what it go hit that number because it's probably out there but Mike also got into a little of what Hopkins might be thinking of and, and he said you know maybe he's thinking at this point who's gonna give him the best chance to cash in on incentives and maximize his earnings and he went with the Patriots because of how successful he was with Bill O'Brien in Houston and that reconnection here could lead to some similar results, but I like Tennessee, he might have more that receiving depth chart is bad, right? Like he would instantly be one or two with, with Traylon Burks. So Mike went here with O'Brien. I was kind of thinking 
you know, the quarterback play might not be as good, but he's going to be the number one receiver most likely. So where'd you kind of lean on that fence? Yeah. See, I I'd argue that the other way around, I think the Patriots make the most sense because he is the number one wide receiver in a functional offense that forget about the quarterback play. That entire Tennessee offense is horrible. They blew up their offensive line. It's basically just Derrick Henry. So he might be the number one receiver, but how many chances is he going to get versus Ryan Tannehill sprinting for his life? And then if it's not Tannehill, are you going to a rookie quarterback in, um, well, I'm blanking on his name in Levis or a guy who's uh, essentially a rookie in, um, why can't uh, Will, I do names? Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Malik Willis. <laughs> Versus you're, you're going to have Mac Jones in New England. You're going to yeah. have Mac Jones. I think the floor is much higher offensively in New England than it is in Tennessee. And I just don't know. And I know he produced last year in Arizona and that team was a mess, but the, the offense wasn't the issue or at least the downfield passing. It wasn't the issue. Tennessee scheme, their personnel, their quarterback, all of it. I just think he's going to have an easier time of it in New England. Yep. The familiarity with Bill O'Brien would be would be a big one. But, yeah, the, I was just thinking, like, there's more mouse to feed up here. Yeah, he's going to be the number one, but there's going to be more mouse to feed. But, no, you, may, you make a good point there with that Tennessee offense was very bad last year, and it could get a lot worse this year after they lost some tackles. And who knows where they go at the quarterback position. Right, yeah, it's, it's all such an unknown. I think that's a team that's going to be in the running for the first overall pick. Honestly, I do. Yeah, that that could go that could go south pretty bad, which I don't know if Mike Vrabel has enough to. I love him as a coach, but I don't know if he has enough to salvage that situation right now. I mean, I just think they they blew it when they traded AJ Brown. They they yeah. shattered that window, and and yeah, they had some older players they're going to have to take care of. But it just that was the guy that would have pulled you through and could have helped you through maybe an express rebuild. A great guy for young quarterback to have, and mm. I just. Maybe they thought Traylon Burks was the same guy. I I, I didn't. I, I know Evan didn't at the time. I, I don't know how you felt about yeah, it, Brian. But yeah, that never that move never made sense to me. And John Robinson lost his job last year, and I think that gives Mike Vrabel some leash. And Mike Vrabel is one of the better coaches in the league. I think he should have some leash, but now it's kind of on him. And he can go to ownership and say, "Well, look, they gave me this crap roster, but if you're one of the top coaches in the league, right? You look at what Bill's done." What Bill did in 2020 got that team within a couple of games of 500. Uh, you're expected to kind of hang around, even with the crap roster if you're a top coach. Mm. And that Brown move didn't seem like it came from Vrabel at all. Because didn't he say like a few weeks before, like I would never coach here without him or something? Along yeah, and him. then it, it, it was there was some stuff about like him sort of sending messages to John Robinson through yeah. the media and stuff like that. So and then. Robinson's ultimately the one who gets fired. And I think Vrabel said something about that. So I forget there were a couple of breadcrumbs there that that was a breaking point. Yeah. And the fact that Robinson lost his job over it, that seemed right. to be because it came right after AJ Brown torched them. What didn't it like, which was awesome. Yeah, that was great. But um, that's pretty much the up-to-date news with Deandre Hopkins, other than he had some bacon and his clam chatter in Boston, which hopefully he doesn't hold that against us, but if we want to get into some questions or talking points. Yeah. People chat. want to put questions in the chat. It's just, it's interesting with Hawkins though. Like this is usually the dead time of year. There's usually nothing going on. We actually have a real storyline carrying us through right now. Mm. So in that sense, it's entertaining, but it's get, it's getting a little stale. I don't know. I'm sick of, <laughs> I'm sick of the up. Cause like Mike's update, I'm not saying Mike's wrong or anything, or he was wrong for reporting what he did, but 
The update is there's no update. He's going to wait. Diana Rossini had a similar update. I think you're muted, Brian. I don't know if you just just try to say something. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, there you go. No. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So update was there is no update. Diana Rossini had an update that there was no update. I want an update that's an update. I want right? ink, ink on paper. That that's the update we want. Ink on paper, ideally. Ideally, here, here. yes. I think he's going to announce it on thread. He's a guy. You're cutting in and out now. What, say that again? You just cut in and out. What you just say? Wonderful. Oh, yeah. My Wi Fi's been weird. All right. I was saying, I think if, if Hopkins signs, I think he'll react. He'll, if he's the one who like puts it out there, I think he'll put it out over threads, not over Twitter. He's been active on the threads. He seems like a big, he, he seems like a big threads guy. He's been on there. He's been active. He's been on there. So, all right. If you guys want to put your questions in the chat or comments, we'll get to them. Uh, we got, I mean, we got time here. We're going to roll through. We'll get a quick little uh, something minute in at the end. I'm not even sure how to qualify it, but uh, as one person saying, I hope D hop stays away from the Pats. We have plenty for Mac to succeed. If he's a decent QB can never have enough. Yeah. You can never have enough. I, I don't think that you're passing on Deandre Hopkins for an unproven Tyquan Thornton or guys who've been banged up in Devonte Parker and Juju Smith Schuster. I'm not, I'm not on this train. Yep. You need all the talent you can get. And especially now you've already seen like Juju and Taekwon were out immediately in the spring. Like you need some talented bodies there and he still has plenty of left in the tank to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, here's somebody talking about, we, we mentioned that that Mike Reese report that Tennessee has been more aggressive. And, and this person points out if the Titans off was much more aggressive, D hop would be a Titan right now, which is kind of what I was saying. I don't, th- I didn't take that to mean financially. I took that to mean they've been on the phone. They're checking with him. They're like pestering him. Whereas the Patriots are just like, yeah, all right, here's the offer. Let us know. We'll see you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you have our number. Give us a call. So, and I don't, I, I know some people are going to hear that and think like, oh, it's the Patriots being passive and cheap. And that's annoying. I don't know. Maybe Hopkins told the teams when he left, like, hey, leave me alone. I'm going to figure this out. I'll let you know if I have questions. Um, you know, we all know people like that, right? There's some people that if you want to, make plans with them. You got to stay on top of them and pester them. And there's some people that if you bug them too much about it, then they get annoyed. So I, who knows, which is better. Who knows, which is better in this case. Only Hopkins knows. Uh, what else do we got? Um, keep going. Stats predictions for offense and defense. So I guess, I guess let's, let's, Where's the offense defense rank? So they were offense. What did we say last? Six with McDaniel's points in Max rookie year. Six with McDaniel's. Then they were, I think it was, yeah. And then I think they were twenty fourth last year scoring on defense. Yeah, I'm like I think it's got to be top twelve at least. Like I'm like in that eight to twelve range, that's where I would go for on the points prediction on offense. I'm about there. Like they should be top ten. In like they have no excuse to not be top ten based on what we saw in twenty twenty one and the personnel they have. Now this is a team that hasn't done well with with margin for error. And they made a lot of stupid plays in the post Brady era. And that could certainly cost them again offensively. They should be top ten, but if they end up in that 12, 13 range, it's not unrealistic, but if they get there, it's because they did it to themselves. It's not because yeah. they weren't talented enough or they didn't have the coaching. 
That's one of the things I want to see. Or just on that, the boneheaded plays, like I want to see them like make those winning plays to win games. Like how many times over this last really two, three years, maybe even that last year with Brady, like they just shot themselves in the foot way too much. Like they, they really need to cut back on that. That gets them that gets them some wins on the board. Defensively, I just they, just on that point, no, because it's a really good point. I talked about this on the sports hub uh over the weekend. I was on on Saturday with Saron Battle and like 2020, 2021, they would make some of these mistakes, bad penalties, stupid turnovers, bad coaching decisions. And we would just kind of be there and be like, well, yeah, this is costing them, but it's very un Belichick like it's uncharacteristic of them. Like they'll, once they figure it out, they will be a good team. And I think that was true. If they had figured that out, they would have been a more competitive team in 2021. And even early last year, I think we were still saying that. And then you got to a point where, just this isn't uncharacteristic. It's just this them. isn't unbelichekian anymore. Lost you again, I think. All right, he might be gone. He's got Wi-Fi issues. <laughs> but as what he was saying was that just that's just what they were. That to a point. That's just what they've been for the last three years. So. They got to cut back on those, but over to defensively, top five in scoring, that's where I'd go. They were up there up there last year, and they got better. They got better on that side of the ball. They should be healthy. Christian Barmore back, gets the pass rush going. So we'll go top five on defense with Christian Gonzalez and that mix and all those new faces. We lost him completely. All right, he should be back. We can keep firing through these questions. If you guys want to keep dropping them in the chat, we'll survive till Alex gets back here. We got, I can't even pull it up, but we got Jay Smooth. Any surprising predictions for the coaching staff before it gets released? Maybe an assistant QBRB coach build the death back up on the staff. I think it's pretty much set in stone. Well, maybe Joe Judge's title will be interesting to see if they give him that special teams coordinator role because that would technically signal a demotion for Cam Acord or if they just go the assistant coach route and leave that up for determination. We saw LeGarrette Blunt and Aaron Dobson. They were part of the uh, coaching fellowship at, at OTAs a lot. So Aaron Dobson has a role back uh, at Marshall. He won't be there, but LeGarrette Blunt would be a really good addition to this staff because they only have one they only have one running back coach, and it's Vinny Sinceri, and he didn't play running back. He was a safety. So if he wants to hang around, that would be you know, a good addition, I think, because teams like having that – the players like having a guy who's played and done that before. So I think Blunt brings good energy. He'd be a good addition to that running back room. Um, let's see. Questions. Zach Palmer, do you think Josh Uche can pass Judon in sacks? I think it's a possibility the way he came on late last year. I know this isn't a question about D-Hop, which we like, Zach. The D-Hop stuff is getting stale. So he he can, right? They're going to work. They work together off those edges, and they were pretty close last year, three or four away. So if Uche has another another big year, I think he absolutely can, can pass Judon, and that's not saying anything bad on Judon, obviously, but Uche just has – 
that potential and, and that talent to do that and get there. Uh, what else we got? Jason, Ty Montgomery has been hyped up and I'm a fan, but after watching his tape, he looks great with very low production. Yeah, he's not going to blow you away on the stat sheet, but he's what they need out of that backfield. He's a reliable guy. He can get open, really solid hands. He's been playing receiver at in OTAs and the spring practices. Whether that was just they they were losing wide receivers, they had a few they had a few injuries and they needed him out there, or whether that's how they view him. But he could be a really good. He seems to have the upper hand for that third down that third down running back role, which they need to get Stevenson off the field and you know, let him rest his legs a little bit so he doesn't fall off like he did at the end of last year. But every time last summer, this sprain, Montgomery's looked really good on the practice field. So let's see if he can stay healthy and start contributing there. What else we got? Keep dropping your questions. Alex said he should be back soon. Gonzo for D. Roy, your thoughts on his chances? I have them about 85% chance. That's that's a pretty high percent, but he's he's gonna be he's their starting outside corner. That's where he was in the in the spring. That's where they're gonna play him. Whether he can have that sauce gardener like impact that he's talked about wanting to have, we'll see. He also We'll see how it works stats, cornerback, right? How often is he going to get thrown to? How many interceptions is he going to have? Because those stuffs matter in a voting like that. But he's going to be out there. He's going to have the chance to do it. And they have a lot of good wide receivers they're going to be going against too. So he'll have he'll have the chance to do that. I'm not sure what his odds over on FanDuel are, but who is the most overrated AFC East team? I could be with you, JJ, with the Jets. I just something doesn't seem right about the Aaron Rodgers. I don't. They have a very high ceiling. I, I I'll give you, I'll give you that. But I don't know. Something seems fishy there to me. I just think that could crumble. So, and, and we'll see how the Bills are. You know, they lost some. They lost some pieces. Uh, the linebacker Terrell Edmonds, Leslie Frazier left as a defensive coordinator. So, and the whole Stefan Diggs situation. Is one to we'll see how that plays out. Keep dropping the questions. We're gonna to try to get to as many as possible here. Hopefully, Kevin Harris is that guy. He he could be or the spell back, right? He's not gonna be your your starter over Mondre Stevenson here, but he's that early down option. He could be. He's Built like a Mack truck, even though he, he kind of slimmed down, it looked, during OTAs in the spring. And Alex back All right. with us? Yeah, I'm back. I was driving the bus. All right. We were holding down the fort. Even though I, I, I can't bring up the questions, which made it. <laughs> but we were doing good. I, we were yeah. just talking, is, well, is I, Kevin Harris that guy to back up Ramondre Stevenson? Is Kevin so I, you know, I'm on some of my my pre-training camp stuff right now, and I think that's a big question: is how does it shake out? I can I can pull this one down here. How does it shake out between those three guys, Harris, Montgomery, and Strong for that backup running back role? What's tough is 
the first question you need to answer is what is Ramondre Stevenson's role going to be? Is he going to be back? Is he going to do passing down back? Because if Ramondre is the passing down back, then yeah, I think Kevin Harris is that guy. If Ramondre is the early down back, I don't think Kevin Harris is in the passing down back role. I don't think that's a great fit for him, right? So you have to sort of answer that question first, and then you get to, okay, once we know what Stevenson is doing, how do things fill in behind him? I think Harris is the logical second early down back, but the question is, like, how is that, how is Ramondre's role going to be divvied up? Yep. Yeah, I was with you. Early down, in between the tackles, runner, right? And then we were talking about Ty Montgomery when you first kind of cut out. He's been working with receivers. Yeah. He is a running back on the roster. Maybe it's just because they were losing all these receivers, so they put him out there. But he kind of seems like that early favorite to be the third down receiving receiving back to also give Ramondre kind of a break on third down at times. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. All right. What else do we got here now that I'm back? Um, what else do we got? How do you feel about the early rookie of the year odds? Will Anderson is the favorite Christian Gonzalez plus nine fifty. So I just said like Gonzalez will have, all the opportunity to do it, right? Because he's going to be out there from day one. It's just, can he put enough stats on the board as a cornerback? Because, you know, that's that's the biggest challenge. Right. Getting thrown the ball, but he's going to have a really good list of receivers to go against. He's going to be out there from day one. So he'll have a chance. It's just if a guy like Will Anderson goes out there and puts up double-digit sacks, that's, that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I, it's like you say, he can't just be better than Anderson because by default, these awards generally go to edge rushers, even with like extrapolated out to defensive player of the year. So I, Gonzalez has to be like so much better than Anderson. I, I think positionally, he it doesn't favor him here. Yeah, it's an uphill battle from the cornerback spot. There was a really good question when I logged back in and then my thing kind of just jogged about here it is did bill grossly overestimate his talent at tackle going into this coming season i wouldn't like if you want to use the word overestimate i wouldn't say you're wrong i don't i think he how do i want to phrase this i think the thought process was we're paying our offensive line coach a lot of money if we bring in enough 50, 50 guys will ultimately save money. And I think there is, I like me talking as bill think there's a chance that those guys, one of those guys pans out. I don't think it's overestimating the talent he has in tackle. I think it's putting a lot of faith. If you want to call it too much faith, you can do that in Adrian Clem to get two starting tackles worth of, you know, of a season out of this group. I, I don't think that they're under the impression that like, oh yeah, we are we have a bunch of studs at tackle. I don't think that's how they approach it. I think they viewed it as we can inject this position uh, w with with some energy with a coaching change rather than overhauling the personnel. If we change the coach, we don't need to go overboard in terms of personnel to still be able to get functional no play out of the position. Now, I don't think that that strategy is ultimately going to pan out, but I think that, that, that that's what they're thinking. I don't think they're going into this under the idea that Calvin Anderson is like this stud tackle or Riley Reef or Connor McDermott are these people. I think they're going 
going into it with the idea that they'll get just enough to Clem is that good. And you could throw Bill O'Brien in that bucket too, right? Like designing a quick hitting offense. Yeah, and you can you can throw Bill yeah. O'Brien. At, yeah, sure. Same kind of thing there. So that's I, I don't know, Brian. Maybe you feel differently, but that's I that's why I struggle to use the word overestimate because I don't think they think these tackles are that great. Look, when it comes to actually, even McDermott was a free agent. McDermott, Anderson, Reef. If they really thought those guys were that good, they would have paid them accordingly, right? They didn't pay any of these guys exorbitantly. Now, Reef did get like low end starter money, which that's probably what he is. I don't think that, that they're under the illusion that these guys are studs. Yeah. I think that they believe they can coach them up to the point where they're good enough. Yep, yeah, I agree. So if if there's an overestimation, and and at the, so at the same time, people say, "Oh, so he's overestimating the coaching staff." I don't want to do that to Adrian Clem because I think Adrian Clem's a good coach. I just think this is where I worry. I think they've undone a lot of the issues from last year. This is one where I look at it and I say, last year one of, if not the biggest overarching issue was simply whether it was players, coaches asking more than you realistically were going to get out of key individuals. And if there is one spot that has carried over into the 2023, it's what it looks like. They're going to ask Adrian Clem to do because if position fails, I'm not going to sit here and say, Adrian Clem's a failure as a coach. I'm going to sit here and say there was too much put on his plate. It was an unrealistic ask to begin with. Yep. Uh, pretty much at the end of last year, right? It was offensive yeah. tackle is the biggest issue. I know you were big on like the sign one draft one and Soto baby. They, they really didn't do either. And I'm not saying I'd give up Christian Gonzalez right now for Broderick Jones, but it, it, it's still the biggest issue on this team. And I still go back. I still go back to, I'd give up the chance to sign Hopkins for having signed McGlinchey or Taylor. Or any of one of those guys. tackles. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't have, uh, you don't have that issue right now. Exactly. Let's let's get a quick word in from FanDuel, and then we'll we'll get back to the questions. So keep those questions coming in the chat. Who's your All derby right. pick tonight? So I wanted to do that at the end of the show. Uh, okay, we can get there. We, can, we no, we can do that now. We can do that now. Um. So like, I feel like I, I say all the time, Pete Alonso is not a. He's better at the home run derby than he is at baseball. <laughs> so like, part of me wants to go with Pete Alonso, but my buddy who just like doesn't lose baseball bets. And disclaimer, this is until he does, right? Like, this is not gambling advice. I'm just, this friend has a pretty good success rate on betting baseball is telling me Adolis Garcia. So I might, what I might, I got to look at the bracket. I, because the odds are better. You can bet the final instead of the winner, right? You can bet like, it's going to be this guy versus this guy. You don't even have to pick it. You could double that down by also picking a winner, but I might bet the final. And then there's also, I mean, Julio Rodriguez, hometown kid. There's that element as well. Those are like the three guys um, between. I got to figure out. I'm going to do that like right after we get off the show. I'm going to put him in like, that derby. I like Garcia or Luis Robert. He's just, he's my guy well, and he just hits tanks. So his odds keep going down though because he's been the popular bet. So Adolis mm. is plus 650. Like that feels like good odds. Yeah. But for him, could, just, I, I, he's like just built. He feels like one of those guys who's built like this too. So yeah. So Adolis versus Alonzo in the final. Thanks to our producer, Meet, who's putting the odds in the chat. I don't have it in front of me. Garcia versus Alonzo in the finals, plus 700. That's pretty so good. So I like, bet. what about? All right, so I'm saying Pete, uh, Amit, if you can find one more for me, because I'm saying Pete, Alonzo, and, and Brian, you like 
uh, uh, Rob Bear. Bob. Yeah. Or Lou Bob or whatever it is. No, Rob. They would meet in the second round. Bob Rob. Bob Rob. Um, plus 700 is the final. I think it, it might recede or oh, something. Do I, I don't know. So, yeah. Well, because there's odds for it for the final, so it must be possible. That's also plus 700. So, all right. That's... There's, those are the pick. I love the Derby personally. I, I'm yeah. a big Derby guy. Although I, all right, we're gonna do a tangent here. <laughs> Just like the NBA and the dunk contest is not good anymore, the Derby is not nearly what it used to be. The difference is it's not the NBA's fault. The players ran out of ideas. There's only so many ways you can dunk a basketball. Well, I, I, I think I'm in the minority on this take. But if you search deep down, you know I'm right. They need to go back to outs. Get rid of the timer. Because the best part, the best part of the Derby was when Josh Hamilton or Bobby Abreu or one of these guys would just start ripping off like 30 in a row, you like know, something 30 in a row. Or was it Hamilton? I think who got to the money ball. Remember they used to have the money ball yeah. after nine outs and he hit like 10 in a row on the money ball or something. Um, and people hear that and they say, well, I don't have all night. You don't. It's the middle of July. You do. <laughs> it, you you can sit for an extra hour and watch guys hit baseballs. You can do it. So one, get rid of the t- – and look, if you want to tell me, all right, we're going to go to eight outs or seven outs, okay. All right, ten outs sometimes did take a while. If you want to say we're going to lower the number of outs, maybe that's the – you know, where we meet halfway. The other thing, get rid of the bracket. I don't know who asked for that. We don't need it. And they're like, oh, well, it creates competition within the rounds. No, there's enough competition. The four guys that hit the most move yeah. on. That's competition. Was it last year, two years ago? Who I don't remember who the player was. Hit the second most home runs of anybody know. in the first round. He didn't advance, and it was a fun player. Might have been Otani, honestly. But I give give me back like 1998 to 2005, 2006. Those are the derbies. Actually, to 2009 because Hamilton was Otani Yankee last year at Yankee Stadium. The Josh Hamilton one. Those I one. Or Josh Hamilton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were just when that when you would see that guy get in that groove, you're like, oh, hang on, he's gonna do something. Yeah. Well, you can't do that now. The clock just runs out. And I know you got the buzzer beater from Todd Frazier a couple of years ago to win it. That was a fun moment. Cool. You had your iconic moment with the clock. Give me back outs. I want outs back in the home run derby. Doesn't have to be 10. I think seven's a good number. Five's not enough. Five is not enough. I think seven's a good number. We can compromise on that. But I want outs back, and y- you can take your bracket and go lick the bottom of a boat. F- eight to four to two to one. That is what it should be. I'm with you. I love the outs. I love watching guys get hot like that. I The timer, I, there always feels like there's some controversy, too, whether a guy throws it after one a year. And then the whole bracket, Oh, yeah. Like, some guys will always going to get screwed on the bracket. So, like, perfect, like. Back the dates you said that was perfect home run derby, but I still love it. But wasn't what it used to be. It's still yeah. It's still fun. Same. I actually, they went to the timer way more recently than I realized because the record for the most in a round is Vlad Guerrero hit forty in twenty nineteen, and Jock Peterson hit thirty nine in twenty nineteen. Was he the one who got screwed then? Maybe yeah, uh, yeah. There might have been a bracket that yeah. year, but. I don't know. I I like the old the old yeah. home run derby. Like obviously, ninety nine derby is a classic. Um, I remember oh uh, six Ryan Howard and David Wright going down to the wire. 
Bobby Abreu was right around there the year he had 24 in the first round. And then, yeah, we talked about it. 2000, uh, what year was Hamilton again? 08, I believe. You hit, oh, wait, you hit like a 500. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, he had 20 in the first round, and then he lost in the finals to Justin Morneau, even though for the night, Morneau hit 22 home runs. Hamilton hit 35. Because yeah. it used to, So the one thing I didn't like, and then we'll get back to football, <laughs> I promise. It was whoever hit the most, in, the four guys hit it the most in the first round went to the second round. And then to go from the second round to the finals, it was the aggregate of the first and second round. So if you hit like 30 in the first round, you could essentially take the second round off. Should have gone round by round. Yeah. That was the one tweak I would make. And it was so guys didn't get too tired or whatever, but I get nostalgic about the home run derby. All right, let's get back to football. Do we think Demario Douglas can be a starter this year? Also, do we think Tyquan Thornton can have a breakout year? Call it 800 yards. Douglas, probably not a starter right away. Like the slot is Juju's role as long as he's healthy. And then even if he gets hurt, I'd probably put like Bourne above him in, in that role. Yeah. Or even Ty Montgomery. But I think Doug Douglas, if he makes a team, that Marcus Jones role we've talked about before is perfect yes. for him. That gadget, jitterbug, slot guy. You can leave Marcus Jones on offense or on defense, excuse me, and, and still have that that package in there. So I think that's perfect for for Douglas's spot if he if he makes the roster. I'm with you 100 percent I think he'll make the roster yep. for that reason. That was a very uh efficient offensive package that was a very effective offensive package. And there's concepts in, and people say, oh, they're rewriting the offense. There are concepts in there that Bill O'Brien would like to run. That was actually the closest thing to a functioning offense the Patriots ran for the most part last year. So I think Douglas makes the team in the Marcus Jones spot. And has not going to be super involved. We're talking like 20 snaps a game. So I don't think starter, but I think he'll be involved. I think he'll have a role. As for Thornton, it's I, I've talked about it. It's him or Bourne. Whoever wins that Z spot, you're going to be counting on for a big year. Yep. And you need one of those guys, right? They're your speed, your separators. So one of those guys has got to step up here and we'll see about 800 yards or exactly what the number is. But one of those guys can have a big year and we'll see who it is there. All right. How about this one? Should the Patriots get Josh Jacobs if he doesn't sign with the Raiders? No, stop trying to spend money on, on running backs like Dalvin Cook. That's not where they're, he's going to want big money. You're not going to get no. Josh Jacobs for cheap. If they're going to pay a back, it's Ramondre at this point, right? Like, that's where that's going to go. Right, exactly. Because he'll be up for an extension next year. Next year. So, yep. All right. Why do I hate Jimmy Garoppolo so much? I don't. You guys just overrate him, and you don't like hearing the truth. Jimmy Garoppolo's win-loss record is the most misleading statistic in sports right now, maybe all time. He doesn't, he's not available. You need a reliable quarterback. He can't stay on the field. And when he is on the field, he regularly turns the ball over. So he's not reliable in the sense that he doesn't always play. And he's not reliable when he does in the sense that he turns the ball over a lot. I just, he was drafted instantly anointed Tom Brady's replacement for sort of tearing it up at the FCS level. He wasn't like that dominant. And he has done nothing since then to justify the pick. And yet people drew people around here drool all over him. Anytime there Mac Jones throws one incompletion and there's a crowd of people that want to see the Patriots somehow get Jimmy Garoppolo back. I getting him back does nothing. Bringing him back does nothing. It adds nothing. Jacoby Bursett is better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo is. 
it's not that I hate him. Everything I'm saying is facts. This is all backed up by numbers. He started 56% of the games he was supposed to start in his NFL career. Between interceptions and fumbles, he's nearly at a turnover per game for his career. This is not hate. These are facts. But you guys don't want to hear it because 10 years ago, you had to wrap your brain around this being the next guy to Brady without even seeing him take a snap, and you've never let go of that. Guess what? It's been 10 years. Brady outlasted him. They've brought in multiple quarterbacks since. He has proved he struggles at the NFL level. You can let go of that thought. You're totally allowed to let go of that thought. If you want to blindly embrace the next guy, it's so funny how much of the Jimmy Garoppolo people hate Mac Jones. If you want to blindly embrace the next guy, the actual next guy's here. He's on the team right now. Do it. Jimmy was never the next guy, whether he was drafted to be or not. He was never going to be the next guy that has since been proven in his actions on the field and his inability to stay on the field. It's not hate. It's just facts, but that's why. I agree. I don't I don't hate Jimmy like some of his former teammates might do, but and that too, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, his teammates, his teammates have said it. Mar uh, uh, Martellus Bennett, you can't win with a bitch as your quarterback. Didn't Edelman So it's not me. Didn't Edelman say something Ed too? Edelman, I don't remember exactly what he said, but you're right. He, he did say something. He hinted at it or something like Yeah. It's it's it but Devin and Jason McCourty laughed long from Martellus Bennett. These are leaders in the Patriots locker room. This isn't me hating Jimmy Garoppolo. This is just me telling you what's been put out there about him and what he's done with his opportunity. If you think that that comes across as hate, maybe you need to reevaluate the way you view Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. If me simply stating what he's done and what his teammates have said about him come across as hate, then I don't know. Maybe there's something else going on there. Yep. I agree. I don't, anyway, I don't right, hate gonna, him. Just I, hate all the love he gets because it's a bit yes. much at times. Somebody put this in the chat. in the reply. I don't want to make this the Jimmy Garoppolo show, but somebody put this in the replies last week. And so I had said, it was like two weeks ago, I had said, yeah. And then Parker gets the extension. If I had known Parker was getting the extension, would not have said he was the odd man out yeah that's what alex well my my internet's cutting out again yeah you so are cutting out again yeah you're back oh you can't talk bad about you am i cutting out again again here no i'm back okay i think you're good um, now yeah, where was I? Oh, yeah. So somebody's like, oh, well, Devonta Parker got an extension, so that makes Alex's whole Jimmy G take irrelevant. It shows how wrong he was about Jimmy Garoppolo. Not sure how those two are related. But all right, I want to move on. I, I want to move on. Um, does Boutte make the practice squad if he gets cut? Good question. Do you think he'd make it there? Well, it, so it depends how much he plays, right? Because right now – he missed a lot of time in the spring. He still looks like he's dealing with that ankle injury or another injury. So it's if he tears up, if he if he's healthy and he tears up training camp, tears up the preseason, he's either going to have to make the team or another team is going to snatch him if he's cut because that potential he has. So I think he's headed toward Foxborough Foxborough flu season. I don't think we're going to see much of him throughout the summer, unfortunately. But I mean, if they could get him on the practice squad, that'd be great. I just think it's either going to be probably an IR situation or he plays so well he he makes the team. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, if he plays well, they're not going to cut him because with his potential that he showed coming out initially before he had a down year, somebody will somebody's going to take a flyer on him on a 53 yep. spot. He's not going to be on the on the practice squad. Uh, 
what position will we draft next year with our first round pick? Tackle. Tackle, <laughs> tackle, tackle, tackle. It has been the position for, oh, okay. Actually, let me, should be tackle. If shit hits the fan, it's going to be a quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. But it should be a tackle. Who's it our Penn, who's our Penn tackle. State tackle? I can't remember. Can we just talk about Joe Alt instead? Sure. From Notre Dame. <laughs> Much easier name. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the Penn State tackle. I'll have to get that down eventually. But, yeah. Uh, somebody's in, in relation. Mac Jones getting cut if he has another bad year. He's not getting cut. They're not going to release him. But this is, we've talked about this. This is the prove it year. If he has a bad year this year, he doesn't get the fifth year option, then it becomes much harder to earn that long term contract extension. And it opens the door to the Patriots considering another quarterback. So I don't think that he's going to get outright released, but his job's certainly on the line this year long term. Mm -hmm. uh, what else do we got? Um, can Keon White dunk? Probably. Dude's I, a freak. I'd be surprised if he could not dunk. What's he like? Yeah. Six, five. With a basketball background, yeah, I, I'm gonna say you can dunk. tight end background too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll have to ask him. We've got Glad the you. usual Kendrick. We got the usual Kendrick Bourne stats. Uh, D22 is dropping his Kendrick Bourne stats in the chat there. Um, if it comes down to it, who will get more playing time, Kendrick Bourne or Tyquan Thornton? This is the battle. This is this is going to be perhaps the most important battle in training camp. Who, assuming no Hopkins, who gets that Z position, and whoever it is. That's the difference between the offense being good or great. They'll be good. They'll be fine uh, either way without Hopkins. But for them to be great, for them to hit that next level, this guy in the Z spot, whether it's Bourne or Thornton, really has to, you know, somebody brought up 800 yards before as qualifying as a breakout year for this spot. The number I've used is 750, kind of splitting hairs at that point. But um, so who do you, like, I, I feel weird saying, who do we think is going to win this, this battle? We didn't really get to see in the spring Thornton was hurt. Uh, it, it really feels neck and neck to me right now. I default to Bourne just because he was healthy in the spring, and I've seen him when he's healthy. He is a very, very good wide receiver. He's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. But uh, I don't know. Maybe you think Thornton has a chance. I think he has a chance, right? They could use that that speed on the field. He's really the, the biggest – he's the best deep threat on the team because that speed can really challenge defenses like that. So, But, look, if it's Kendrick Bourne, I'm not going to be mad, like, I'm with you. He's very underrated. He has great chemistry with Mac Jones. Just whoever wins that, they, they need to produce, right? That 750 or 800-yard right. mark that you said is a good good benchmark. But they're both really talented, so I'm not really going to be mad who wins that job. Just let's produce in the, in the season, or you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, how realistic is it that Butte outplays Bourne in camp and they cut Bourne? Well, Bourne is, if there is an odd man out now, it's him, just given his contract situation. I'd keep them both. I I, I, I don't want to give up on Kendrick Bourne yet. Yeah. Too much untapped potential. I liked what I saw in 2021 too much. And this might happen because the coaches hate Kendrick Bourne for reasons I'll never entirely understand. But I just, I'm not giving up on him yet. I'm really not. Do you think that's a Bill thing though, or a Matt Patricia thing? So that's that's the question. That's what it, that that's what it, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know, and we'll that's see. an important variable. But I will say, uh, I know a lot of people have comped Butte to Juju coming out. Is like you know, if there's overlap with him and somebody, I his game is very similar to Kendrick Bourne's. It is tough yeah. to put both of them on the field. There's a ton of overlap there. So. Yeah. 
is it a make or break year for Christian Barmore? We talk a lot about, you know, the first pick in that 2021 class, Mac Jones being a make or break year. I, I don't know that's make or break for Barmore just because the defensive tackle position is different, but it, it feels like if he's going to hit his ceiling, it's now or never. Yeah. Third year finally looks healthy. All of that. I just, this is the last year we stopped talking about him as this potential like game changer, right? It's, it's either he is or he isn't. If he shows us he is this year, then yeah, then great. Then he's a game changer. If not, I, the last we we've losing you again. Uh, we'll see if he's gone again this time. But I think what he was getting at was it's either he's that game changing talent this year or he's another just solid defensive tackle they're not going to cut him you know they still have him under contract they're not going to trade him probably but it's he's he's a star or he's just another one of these these guys so it's not like mac jones where it's really make or break he's the guy or not but you'd still like to see him kind of kind of pop out this year right am i back yeah looks like it all right tell me i need to log in i i don't know what what the heck's going on am i back yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, my internet's just not being great today. So there were a bunch of good questions in the chat. I, I wish we could have gotten more, but I think maybe the call is to uh, wrap it up here. Wrap so, it up. Yeah. Yep. All right. We'll wrap I can it up. See I'm about to drop out again. So hey, bring the we'll do more bring questions. Them. I mean, this time of year we do Q and A every show. Bring the questions on Thursday because there were a lot of good yep. questions I wanted to get to. Yep. Bring them back in the chat. There were some good ones, but we'll be back sometimes this week. Uh, Patriots press pass notifications. Turn them on so you know when we're going live. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and on threads. Go read his work at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and go read all my stuff over on patspulpit.com. Thank you guys for listening and bringing the questions, and we will see you guys next time.